You still hit like a bitch. The folder. You don't have it? It's back there. Don't sweat it. I have another play. Alex, Luke Cage is up on Malcolm X Boulevard. Call Timby Wallace. Don't ask why, just do it. Tell her I'm out here. Where are you going? Missy's gonna arrest me. There's no way around it, but I can still spin this. You have to let go of the past before I really have to hurt you. Negro, please. That's all you got? Where's our offense? Panels to Pixels, Luke Cage, Season 1, Episode 13. to the show i'm mark and i'm steve wow steve this is the last of luke cage wow yeah episode 13 you know my steez i don't know if i'm pronouncing that correctly or not that's just the way it reads to me um this episode is different from some of the other ones it doesn't start immediately where the last one ended which i kind of expected with the way the last one ended but this episode starts with young carl and young willis and they're in a boxing gym and throughout this first fight scene we get flashbacks between them training together and luke fighting uh and uh all of these things we get that throughout this opening fight sequence as Diamondback and Luke are fighting each other. We're getting these flashbacks to young Carl and young Willis in that. As long as this fight takes, there's still a lot of time left in the episode, though, when it's finished, which kind of surprised me. And we get something in this show that most shows don't do. We get to see kind of the aftermath of the big fight. Normally, uh, a, a show like this, you would have this big showdown and it would be Diamondback and Luke and they would fight. And then the end of the fight, whoever is the winner would would be the winner. And that would be the end of the episode. But that doesn't happen here. It's about 20 minutes in. I mean, it's a long fight scene. Don't get me wrong. But it's about 20, 21 minutes uh, in when it finishes. And I remember seeing that when that fight finished going, wait a minute, and, and, and pausing it to see how much time was left and go, 
what more is going to happen now that we've we've finished this storyline but we do get to see a lot of things that are going to be setups for the future and for defenders first season and i'm assuming for luke cage season two as well we're going to get to see luke and claire get closer we see shades and mariah apparently get closer maybe i don't know it's a it's a question um we see some um Little Easter eggs of things that might be might be coming up. That's it's kind of interesting because of comic book uh, homages to the comic book and things like that. And, and we may get into that when we get into our notes and get into our top five. But uh, so we see th- that last about thirty minutes, thirty five minutes of the episode is all these setups for the the next thing that's happening, which is Defender season one. And uh, Jessica Jones season two, Luke Cage season two. So that's that's kind of cool that we got to see that. We didn't have to wait for those things uh, to see those things pay off, like in the next show or the next uh, season or whatever. Sweet Christmas. So number five, our top fives for you know my skis. Uh, my number five <laughs> is <laughs> that costume of Diamondbacks. I, I had to look at it a couple of different times because it really looked cheesy. To me, it looked very Buck Rogers. If you ever remember the the '80s Buck Rogers TV show with the kind of open neck uh, shirts that they would wear, and it just reminded <laughs> me of that. And those those helmets that that, that helmet that he had on. Uh, you know, I understand that that it's a homage to, I guess, the comic book Diamondback. But come on, we we made fun of. Luke's kind of Power Man uniform in a previous episode, you know, and kept giving him an updated look. Why couldn't they have given Diamondback an updated look? Um, and it, the other thing that surprised me was they kept showing the back of that thing, and we kept seeing that there was kind of a power pack or something. Yeah. In the small of his back, that would power up and power down. And Luke saw it at least once or twice, I think, where the the camera appeared to really show Luke focus on that device. And so it kind of surprised me that at no point in the fight did Luke try to like grab that and rip it off yeah. or something. Cause it didn't seem like diamondback was really protecting it. Nah, it wasn't. Uh, and honestly, it's pretty funny. You'll, you'll laugh. I enjoyed the original Buck Rogers scenes, uh, show with Gil Gerard and <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love, the I love that show for that time in the eighties though. That was the early eighties. I, I mean, I have that show on DVD every once in a while. I pull it out and I'll watch it in the, the Gary Coleman's, uh, season and stuff. Uh, and there's a, a, a wonderful scene that I, I always will, will never forget that he's, there's a scene where he's holding like it's an old belt fed machine gun yep. and, uh, one of the the aliens, the bad guys, says, "What are you doing, pointing a, a communication device at us?" And he shoots at their feet, and you see all the bullets strike at their feet, and you hear the ricochets. And he goes, "Get the message." <laughs> so <laughs> I always thought, as cheesy as that line is, and as corny as that that uh, show was, I really I I liked the Buck Rogers TV show with Gil Gerard, and and uh, like you said, so I I, I enjoyed it. And like I said, I still have it on DVD. So. Oh, same here. Uh, the the <laughs> tracked into any uh, young male at the time was Aaron gray though <laughs> exactly oh yeah aaron gray yeah everybody well and gildrod everybody you know we all wanted to grow up to be that we wanted to be the big the the big hero and yeah. and that that's for me anyway and, and have the girl as well <laughs> but yeah i do agree yeah the 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 costume did look a little bit kind of cheesy flaky but it, it kind of gave a reminiscent of almost like the shield uh 
uh, suits that they have in Avengers and stuff, if you look at them in some way. Uh, okay. That helmet was a little bit goofy, and so is the power pack in the back. But, yeah, I agree wholeheartedly with that. <laughs> uh, my number five would be uh, that beginning with Diamondback and Luke just punching away at each other. Uh, the fight we have been waiting for this whole time. Uh, Diamondback with that, that hammer tech suit and just going at it while Luke flashes back to the past of when they were kids in the gym. All the dialogue was as if Diamondback was trying to teach Carl something as he beat him down. Because if you look at the flashbacks, he's just like reiterating everything he was stating in those flashbacks. Keep your guard up. You know, got a hit and all that, all that good stuff. And it was it was a good segue. I liked it how it was uh, integrating within one another. Yeah, the editing the editing was really great. The way they edited this, and I've got that later on. Actually, is is some of the editing of this, but but that plays right into my number four, which is is Luke kind of using his own words against him it, it, from that flashback. It's you know he in the flashback we see Willis kind of coaching him from the side of the ring, and he's telling Carl, you know, let him punch out, let him get tired, let him, and he's you know that classic rope a dope Muhammad Ali uh, Foreman fight where where Muhammad Ali just let Foreman tire himself out out until Ali was able to come back and that's really the same thing we have happen in this fight is we have Luke allowing Diamondback to to kind of uh, you know wear himself down until Luke is able to come back and uh, and get him and, and like I said that editing at the end where we see Luke he knocks out Diamondback and then we see the ref holding up Carl's hand as he knocked out the kid that he had the beef with in uh, in the flashbacks, so I thought that was I thought that like you said that that juxtaposition there was was really cool. Oh yeah, definitely. My number four would be uh, this fight was just just keeps on going on and on, <laughs> and, and the onlookers have prime view of the chaos at hand, uh, including the reporters. Uh, they talk about Luke and his past when they're they're reporting. Uh, they state his real name on the broadcast live. Yeah, and it was actually Mariah, and that's what the the feds, the federal marshals say when they when they come in to get Luke. Is they say, well, your your councilwoman said his real name because remember the the reporters were all saying Luke Cage. It wasn't until Mariah said, well, who is this guy? I don't know who he is. Is he Luke Cage? Is he Carl Lucas? Is he a disgraced cop? Is he this? And who's this Diamondback? Who? You know, they're just super freaks. And she's really trying to play up that whole super freak paranoia kind of thing. And, and uh, yeah, I, I that was – and the, the onlookers, and I think we've got some quotes from them uh, in, in our quotes section as well. Some of the things that they said to Luke as he was – uh, as he was get, you know, fighting there with Diamondback, and Claire is the one who starts up that chant at the end, the Luke chant that br- <laughs> kind of brings Luke back, which it reminds me of those old, um, you know, wrestling shows and things like where you hear them, and that would get the get the the good guy wrestler all excited, and he'd be able to finish the fight. My number three is uh, the scenes in the police station. Uh, Luke, you know, he's suddenly a celebrity. He's walking in and everybody wants to ask him questions and and uh, they're all sit- telling him how great he is and how he's protecting Harlem. Harlem. And uh, then that and he says that he can explain everything. He tells them, I, I've got it. I can I can I can figure all this out. You know, Mariah, the thing with Mariah and, and I don't. Correct me if I'm wrong. It seemed like when she was in in the interrogation room by herself, she's you can see how mad she is, and then we hear her call Alex, 
and she she tells him something and we find out later what she's telling him is that she's wanting him to get shades to go take care of Candace mm-hmm. but then it seems like there's this shift and it seems like she's almost pretending to be drunk in some of the ways she's responding to that interrogation the way she was kind of it sounded to me like anyway like she's kind of slurring her words and so i was wondering if that was it, that was some kind of ploy from her maybe just in case it didn't work out for her to get released that she'd be able to say, well, look, I was on painkillers or I was on some kind of a, you know, medication. And that's why I acted that way and said, said those things. I mean, what do you think? Uh, I, I, don't, I don't, I really didn't catch on to that. <laughs> okay. It just, and it, it was more so even the second time I watched it, really just the way she was talking and responding to Misty was very uncouncilwoman like in some of her responses, yeah. you know, until she got released and she went back to that. She kind of, she did that same thing that Cornell used to do to where he would kind of switch back and forth from this kind of proper English to this like street lingo. And she kind of got that way towards the end there with, with Misty, where she says, what does she call Misty trick? She says, you know, she says, you're, you're all you are is just a trick or something like that. And, uh, and Misty comes back with the, well, madam inmate, you know, and, and so, uh, that whole back and forth between them was really great. All that stuff in, in the, in the, the, uh, the cop station there with, uh, when Luke gives his rousing speech, about Harlem and there's all those cops just standing around listening to it. So that, that whole scene in the police station was really, really good. Yeah, definitely. I enjoyed that. My number three would be Diamondback getting his butt kicked <laughs> in the streets regardless of Hammer Tech. Come on. Hammer Tech yeah. didn't do well for for uh, Hammer himself and apparently uh, obviously nobody else took that into consideration when they bought it. So Luke yeah. really showed Diamondback. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then I've got it. It's later on, actually, but it, but I'll say it now is that whole that whole scene where Misty is kind of taunting him when he's on the stretcher uh, was just hilarious to me. It was it was great to see after the way he taunted her in the alleyway with her own gun. You know, now she kind of gets to turn the tables on him, and and that was that was really cool. Brings us to my number two, which is uh, is pretty short and sweet, but it's uh, Shades using Cornell's gun to kill Candace. And, uh, you know, he gets back into the limo and he gives it to Mariah and he says something like old school is always best or classic is best, something something like that. And he he tell, he gives her the gun back and he tells her that it suits her. And so we're I think what we're really seeing here and this plays more in, into some future stuff, too, but we're seeing where I think Mariah is going to become more of the queen pin kind of figure. I think she's going to she's going to kind of take over this criminal she may still kind of be the councilwoman during the day but i think at night just kind of like there at the end when we saw her with shades i think she's going to kind of take that mantle of of taking over the the organized crime uh, kind of side of it she brings us to your number two my number two would be luke's talk about harlem and the community within the precinct Mm -hmm. with misty you know he was just going on and on about caring and how how great it was and it was so heartfelt there's a lot of pride there with him and his community and people. You know, it, it, it was a touching element to this last episode and the reason of why he was doing what he does. Yeah, yeah. I, that, again, I, I, I had that speech as well, and it's, it's really good that it's one of those things. He says something like – she says something about 
not having superpowers or, or something like that. And he says, this is greater than you. Oh, that's what it is. She kind of, she's kind of asking him why he it's, it's on him to do it. And he says, because this is greater than you, it's even greater than me. And he kind of acknowledges, I think he's acknowledging that, that, uh, heroism that he realizes he has to take on. And he's going to have to, at some point become the hero. He, he has a responsibility to do something with this this gift that he's been given yeah. these superpowers, you know, he says he says he went in and cleaned up Christmas addicts uh, by himself, and she says, "Well, that wasn't yours to do." And he says, "Yes, it was mine to do. It was greater because you couldn't do it. We had to have." And I love they show that kind of flashback scene of him in the suit. Mm-hmm. You know, when he was wearing the suit and tie, and he's talking about that fact that he had he's the one who can go places where they can't. Where you don't have to have a warrant to go to, yeah, uh, so yeah. That that whole speech was really, really great, and I'd, I'd love to go back and, and see that just that speech again and just hear all the things he had to say and, and the way Claire looked at him um, during that whole time. And when he says about pop, he says something about pop. He says the the mantra, pop's mantra of never backwards, always forward. And Claire says, I wish I had met him. And then it's either Misty or, or Luke that says something like, you have. Like through us, through all the yeah. people that know Pop, you have met him. So I thought that was really good. Which brings us right right into my number one, really, which is just all the things, the, the setups for the future. Uh, we have Claire talking about the fact that she knows a good lawyer. And uh, Luke tells him to call, to, tells, tells her to call him. <laughs> you know, so so obviously she's referring to Matt Murdock. Yeah, so we're, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna get to see Matt Murdock. Um, that Seagate that was the Seagate doctor at in, at the end who was in with uh, Diamondback in his hospital room there. Yep, we, we see Misty at the end there with Candace's body, and we we don't know really where that's where that's going. But she just kind of walks out of the morgue, and it makes me wonder if there's you know maybe Misty's not going to be a police officer in the next uh, the next few shows. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, and obviously, there's a, a romantic relationship there de- uh, between Luke, Luke and Claire. That's very getting very steamy, and or could have gotten very steamy if Luke Carl wasn't being taken off to prison. And as we see in that that last scene of him being driven across the bridge there by the federal agents. I think that was alluded to in the last episode when they were coming together and they were kind of bickering, kind of like they were already mm-hmm. in a relationship. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, and, and Misty said, "You look like you're, you sound like you're married." Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So my number one would be Misty going off from Mariah. Misty standing up for Candace during yeah. the whole, uh, whether it be an interrogation or just you know trying to get information out of her, mm-hmm. uh, and then that ending. What in the sweet Christmas? <laughs> Shades of Mariah? <laughs> what in the world was going on? And then that ending, it was such a cliffhanger because we see Luke going to prison. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, that was just like, wait, wait, what? Where are we going with this? Where is it going <laughs> to come up again? Uh, so we had some quotes from the episode that we really liked. Yeah, definitely. That whole beginning, I think we both, we can kind of go back and forth with these because, you know, uh, Willis asks him why he's doing it, and Carl, young Carl, says it's about respect, you know. And then uh, you've got one there from the flashback as well. Yeah, you still ain't ready. Just after the flashback by uh, Diamondback, Willis was 
literally using those words from the flashback in the present. Yeah. And uh, it, it was kind of like him trying to touch on, you know, Luke's fear of certain things. Yeah. Um, before the fight is over, we see Claire and Candace in her home and we get to see Sonia Braga playing Claire's mom. And uh, she Candace says, what's going on? And, and I love that that line that Claire says. She says, oh, Luke and Diamondback are doing what they do. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you I know? Like that. that gave me a good chuckle. Along with this one, it's like the local onlooker uh, in the street as they're beating each other. He says, yo, you guys talking about mamas well wrecking Harlem. You better do something, Luke. Yeah, yeah, that was great. That was great, kind of pushing him to get up. And uh, that same thing is at the end of the fight when he and Claire are kind of having their moment and the cameraman starts to film it and the other goes, nah, brother, he deserves discretion. <laughs> you know, I thought that was really, really cool. Uh, yeah, all, all very, very good. Yeah, and then, and, yeah, I had one more, which was Luke saying, you're right, and this is based on what uh, Diamondback was saying about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, you're right, you reap what you sow. I'm my brother's keeper. And he's like, no, I'm not, and just starts laying in on him. On yeah. Willis. So it, it was, like, very poignant. It was like, wow, this is just, like, pent-up aggression against two brothers. Yeah, and my last quote kind of leads us into our additional thoughts about the episode, and that was that when Luke is, when the marshals ask him uh, if he wants to stop to get something to drink, and he says, I was set up for something hot and dark before you messed that up. <laughs> uh, you know, that whole back and forth about them being corny, and, and uh, he says, I hear that that Cuban is hot and robust, or something <laughs> like that, you know, and, and she's like, well, that's really corny, but it's true. You know? <laughs> So, so you definitely see that that interplay back and forth. Yeah. Had a few extra notes here. Yeah, we do. Uh, you want to go with yours? Uh, yeah, let me scroll down. Uh, the Bobby Fish, and I had this actually as a note first because I couldn't, I didn't remember it the fir- after the first time I watched it. Um, but Bobby Fish finds the folder in the barber shop, so hopefully we're gonna that folder is gonna come into play because remember that's that's supposed to have all the evidence that Diamondback framed. Carl for whatever crime he was sent to Seagate prison for. So all he's really going to have to deal with is the escape then. And I'm sure if they can bring out some of the abuses that were going on, the, the escape could even be uh, kind of looked at. Um, and, and did I miss something in the last episode? When did shades, when did he get Misty's phone? Did, was there a scene in the last episode where we kind of saw him lift her phone, or, or are we just supposed to assume that happened? I think he picked it up when during the firefight, uh, you know, that whole firefight, wasn't it? Okay, that that see, I, I recall something of him picking up a phone, but I, I'd have to go back and rewatch the the, the I previous episode. Seeing him pick up a phone, but I think it was after the firefight as they were following them. Okay, okay. And then uh, I already talked about Misty and taunting Diamondback. Uh, but then there's that whole thing where Claire calls Luke Power Man. I thought that was, was kind of cool. Yeah, they always have to put that in there so that they actually could use a true name to his comic book character. Exactly. Show. I just had a, a few. Uh, the talk between Claire and her mom regarding Luke. Mm-hmm. On the nose that Claire cares and loves Luke, and her wanting Claire to go to Carl to help him in whatever way she can, that was during mm-hmm. the, the the fight in the streets, and she was looking, and she made that comment that you quoted on. Mm-hmm. Despite of Claire's anger about the situation, she goes to his aid in the end. Yeah. As per usual. Yeah, I, I thought that was really great, because as we mentioned at the end of the last episode, you know, he tells her to go. 
and he had already told her to, to hide out, to kind of hide out. And so now seeing her come back is that, that same old thing of her, you know, I don't do what I'm told, mm. you know, kind of thing. So um, very cool. I didn't write it in, but uh, there's a, there was one thing that came out this actually yesterday about mm-hmm. uh, within comic talk, Henry Cavill leaving Superman and all these rumors and everything going around about who would replace him where uh, the DCEU is going to go. I know that uh, DC Primetime was talking about it, and they were doing it on their Facebook page. Uh, I made a comment on ours, and then um, Ben Beck wound up uh, commenting, and so did the actual Primetime itself. Mm-hmm. But uh, I only saw the rumors. I just reposted what I saw, and I was just curious. And yeah. Ben was saying it's like it's it's it, nothing is really coming out, but it was like so many things coming out from a variety of different people that are uh, legitimate sources from media, and uh, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah, because you know I, I'm that whole I've I've not really except for Batman versus Superman and Wonder Woman, I haven't really kept up with any of those other shows. Like I didn't watch. Uh, what was it? Superman Returns was that the one that had Cable in it? No, uh, uh, Superman Returns was with Brandon Ralph. Okay, okay. And uh, Henry Cavill did uh, Man of Steel. Man of Steel, that's what it was. Okay, I knew there was one that he did that was a solo Superman movie. I never, I never saw that one. So, uh, and of course, I saw uh, Batman versus Superman and just wasn't wasn't overly impressed uh, with it. Uh, Wonder Woman was great. Can't wait to see. The, uh, in fact, I, I I watch American Ninja Warrior, and uh, Jesse Graff is a stunt woman who usually participates in American Ninja Warrior, but she can't, she was able to come on the finale of that show in a taped kind of statement and tell people that the reason she's not competing is because she's in uh, New Zealand or Australia, wherever it is that they're filming mm-hmm. Wonder Woman 1984, and she's doing stunts for that. For that movie, so um, so that was kind of cool to see another little bit of. I didn't put that in the in the notes, but another little bit of kind of comic book talk that. Uh, uh, so they're they're apparently going to go back in time for Wonder Woman 1984 yep. for the next next Wonder Woman movie, which will be interesting to see how that how that works out because you know the, the TV show kind of did the reverse. The TV show, the fir- I think the first season of the TV show takes place like during World War II. Correct. And and then the second season picks it up like thirty, twenty, or thirty years later. Yeah, they changed you know? it. They it was an odd thing, and everybody was confused about it back in mm-hmm. that because it was in the sev- late seventies, mm-hmm. and I guess they wanted to go the old traditional comic book route, and I guess through budget <laughs> they didn't want to yeah. do that. <laughs> yeah, well, and they wanted to modernize it and make it look like what the time frame that it was in, you know, just like what shows do nowadays, like. Yeah. Like you can't you can't take the Punisher back to the seventies, and we don't want to see that Punisher. We want to see a Punisher for the two thousands. You know, yeah, yeah, you don't want um, to see a Punisher with a onesie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We don't want to see Luke Cage. We don't want to see Power Man with the open shirt, the open yellow shirt, and the the bracelets and the head the headband. You know, so they've got to got to put him in a hoodie uh, instead. So with uh, we brought this up before, but I, I want to talk about it again. I think it's about Disney purchasing all of Fox's Marvel's property, and at one point they have two movies in the can that are done. They have not released, and it was set for early release. And I, I got into a discussion with a friend of mine recently 
about it, saying, when are we going to see X-Men Dark Phoenix? When are we going to see New Mutants? Uh, they should have been out already. But that was because we didn't know what was going on with this whole uh, purchasing of Fox material. And there was speculation that they would do this on the Marvel app mm. through Disney, having every because Disney's going to wind up having all their Disney stuff, Marvel stuff, and Muppets and all that good stuff on a specific app that you would have to purchase per monthly, and that that they would launch it specifically for those apps alone as like, hey, you could actually see these movies now. Originally, that was a thought that they were going to do that with Solo because they took so long to release it. Now, apparently, Solo is going to be released uh, sooner than later. So the Star Wars stuff, and they thought that was going to be a launching point of that whole Star Wars Marvel Disney app that was going to go on, you know. I, I guess they could use the Ewoks movie for that if they wanted to. <laughs> but I really wanted to see those movies because New Mutants was it was pretty much exploited almost like a horror movie, like a PG-13 horror movie for kids. Mm-hmm. And then Dark Phoenix was a little bit darker, but they've already done that story before. And that was on the third movie of the X-Men mm-hmm. with uh, – yeah. With uh, Hugh Jackman and uh, Patrick Stewart, so mm-hmm. uh, I'm I'm hoping to see that. I I really don't. I really hope they don't shelve it. I really don't want. I would like to see what they came up with an idea. Even though a lot of people hated Apocalypse, but I found points in Apoc- you know, X Men Apocalypse that I loved. Yeah, and that's like uh, the announcement today um, that I saw was that the Venom movie is going to be PG-13. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And that the Venom movie is not going to have Spider-Man in it anywhere. And uh, I just I just can't see an origin of Venom that doesn't have Spider-Man involved in it. And uh, so I agree with, uh, I think it was Ben that posted that up uh, yeah. this afternoon. And, and it's the same kind of thing. Is that is that property owned by Disney also? That was, the the Venom or is that a different? That's a that's different. I think it's okay. still the Fox. I'm pretty okay. certain, or okay. probably another one. But uh, it, it's got to be Sony or Fox. I think it's right. Sony. Okay, but that was a, a a character that they couldn't you know since they've already had that merger with Spider Man for Disney, mm-hmm. so they could do whatever they want within that that realm. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see going forward what what's going to happen especially you know they're are they filming infinity war 2 or is it uh, is it done filming i don't remember if i've heard that it's pretty much in the can they already okay. filmed it they that's why we had leaks uh, about six or seven months ago because they were in the middle of filming that stuff okay okay and i that was before the winter right right yeah, that was well in it, 2017 still right so so it's so infinity war 2 is already complete the the movie's done, but we haven't seen it yet. We haven't seen Captain Marvel yet, yep. and and so we've got to see what what they do with the Captain Marvel character to bring her into the MCU. And then, furthermore, they're going to have to then then do Infinity War Part Two and kind of resolve this this storyline because obviously we can't go forward with the MCU the way it is. They they they're just not they they're going to have to They're going to reboot. They, they, they well, it's well a new no phase. what I'm saying what I'm saying is Infinity War Part 2 has got to bring everybody back. 
It's got to, unless, like you said, unless they're going to do a complete reboot and just throw Infinity War out and start a whole new thing, which I don't think they're going to do. I think they're going to. I think in part two of Infinity War, they're going to bring everybody back, and then they're going to move forward from there. And so that's why Dark Phoenix and New Mutants have kind of been put to the wayside because they don't know where they're going to fit in the new universe. And I wouldn't be surprised if they don't do some reshoots or come back. And even though they've finished those movies, come back and do some re-editing or some reshoots to make those, to bring those movies into the MCU that we know. Oh, they would Unless, adopt it. There was, there's been rumors that they want to bring in Wolverine just for mm-hmm. like a cameo to come in where these dimensions and they're going to say that it's multiple, like the multiverse and yeah. how the, uh, Eternity, which is a character within the the Marvel comics, is just a, a being, but it's a, a combination of all the multiverse, and it could do whatever it wants. And yeah. since the snap happened, they're thinking with Iron Man and everybody else within this next movie, and there's rumors of saying that they're going to use the quantum realm. If you hadn't seen Ant-Man and the Wasp, that's mm-hmm. really how they're going to do time travel and how they're going to go back to the events of the first but with them doing that causes a multiverse switch where we'll we'll get more things coming in that we haven't seen uh, and new. Stories. I just I I'm just I'm just I will be surprised if they do a multiverse type storyline with the MCU with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I will be surprised if I think they're going to do they're going to go the Back to the Future route. And they're going to try to make everything be one straight line. They're not going to do the comic book route of having a mul- – I don't think so anyway. They, they might try it. I don't think it's going to work. I don't think it will be adopted by enough people who will accept the multiverse kind of to where we're going to have one, one series of movies that are one, multi- one universe and we're going to have another series of movies that are another universe. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to find a way to, to bring them all in line together uh, so they can have a straight line path of these movies. I don't think they want to try to do the, what the comics do because that's the, the comics can do that. You can have yeah. – I mean what is it? What is it? There's, I said this before. There's what, five Spider-Man titles <laughs> in like – in one, he's married to Mary Jane. In one, he's married to uh, somebody else. You know, in one, he's not married at all. In in one, in there's and you can do that in the comic books because comic book readers accept it. And I don't think there's enough comic, just pure comic book readers, to make them get it. I don't. There there are more people watching these movies than our comic book readers. Okay, Definitely. so there's there's no way these movies would be the blockbusters that are if just comic book readers are watching them. So they're going to have to put these movies into a perspective, into a – I believe anyway. I, I, obviously, if I end up being wrong, then I'm just wrong. But I, I just – I would be surprised if they don't put these movies – try to put them into some sort of lineup to where non-comic book readers can accept it. Like I, I just I don't see them doing a multiverse. If they do a multiverse, they might do like one movie where it had like like Infinity War Part Two might have multiverses in it, and then we may see them all collapse into one line. Yeah. You know, I I don't know. Uh, 
but I, I just I just don't I just don't think that would work with the type of moviegoers we have today to try to have you know one separate have a different storyline from like right now you know Deadpool fans can kind of separate Deadpool from what's happening in the in the MCU. Mm-hmm. I think I think we can anyway, and so that's fine for one. But when you start having the same, because in, in Deadpool you don't have a lot of, we, we're not we we see like we saw the vision and this is a spoiler if you haven't seen Deadpool two of the X Men in the mansion, you know. But we really only deal with one or two, you know, three X Men actually in Deadpool. Um, and they're not like the the X Men that we. They're not like Wolverine, Professor X. They're not they're not Cyclops or or uh, they're not the big name heroes that he's interacting with. Where they would have to try to explain like if we have Deadpool interacting with Captain America. Well, that means Deadpool has to show up in a Captain America movie somewhere, and they're not going to do that, you know. Uh, so I, I just I just think I think Deadpool can be kept as a separate kind of thing but i don't think they'll be able to do several several character or several storylines like that i just don't think it'll work nah uh, i so. have a funny feeling they'll 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 probably tie up all the loose ends by the end of the movie uh everything go in its natural course uh we'll lose two heroes possibly and you know it, it's just one of those things do you think though you, you don't think we're gonna lose a big name though? Like like I would be surprised if we lost Spider Man. Oh no, forever. no 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 no. You know what I'm saying? They, they, we already know that there's a Spider Man movie coming in after mm-hmm. Avengers. Right. Too. So okay. Uh, Infinity okay. War two. So obviously we already know that uh Captain Marvel's gonna be around mm-hmm. for a bit. But right. there's no foreseen future for Chris Evans as Captain America. Right. I, I was going to bring him up. Four. Right. So I was going to. Yeah. Yeah. Those guys, we could probably you could probably lose Hawkeye. You could probably lose Captain Captain America and Thor because we 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 have their stories. Their story is complete, pretty much. Pretty much. You yeah. Know? And uh, they could replace them easily because as they're going more into space. uh Thor in the comic books was replaced by Beta Ray Bill for a while. And there was hints to him in Thor Ragnarok with one of the uh, like the castle's mountainous uh, statue faces. You could see mm. Beta Ray Bill's face on that, his his, uh, his alien mm. race face, which is pretty much like a horse's head. Mm. Um, and then uh, in the comic books... Uh, Bucky or the Winter Soldier takes over the mantle of Captain America. Yeah, like I said, that, that's those are co- characters that I could see. You know, they've told their stories. We've had their solo stories. We've had their solo movies. We don't really need another, unless they figure out a really cool story for it. We don't really need a, another Captain America movie, standalone Captain America movie. We don't really need that. We've we've pretty got pretty much got what we needed out of those. Um, I think Iron Man is a character that I would be, unless Robert Downey Jr. just doesn't want to do it anymore, I would be surprised if we don't see an Iron Man 4 on the uh, the horizon somewhere after Infinity War, 
is there are talks. So there are talks I, about that, and he he has signed on for as much. Yeah. Originally, he was going to back out. He wanted uh, this is right uh, before Civil War came out. They were in production. Mm-hmm. Uh, originally, it was supposed to be Captain America Civil War, and then go into Iron Man Civil War. But uh, all okay. the negotiations, it got changed so that way uh, RDJ got more money. Mm-hmm. And if you look, his bankroll is almost two hundred million for certain things, and the the cost of these movies are almost four hundred and something million dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I, that's what I'm saying. Is is I that I think that I think we have more that we can we can explore with that character. I think I mean I think there's things we could explore with the Captain America character if they if they wanted to do it. But I think Iron Iron Man, uh, Tony Stark brings us a different. Uh, take on it and that we that we can we can look at i think i would be surprised if they got rid of uh black panther forever he's he's oh, that's no. too pop he, that's too popular of a franchise oh, to get rid of him a second film so yeah they, they, we so know they're, he's coming back right so so that's what i'm saying is, is if we lose a couple of them i think it's going to be minor it's going to be minor ones it's not going to be the the big names in, unless you consider thor and captain america big names which i guess they are kind of well, they are. They they are the original founders of the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was originally uh, Hank Pym, the Wasp, mm-hmm. Captain America, Thor. Uh, who else? Right, but I just mean I'm talking MCU wise. Like, let's not even like I'm not even bringing the comic book into it. Yeah. I'm just talking strictly yeah. through the MCU, the way they've been portrayed and the way they've been the characters have been used. In the MCU, in in the cinematic universe right now, the the universe that we see yeah. that exists, we've we've gotten Captain America's story, we've oh, gotten yeah. Thor's they're story, all full out, they're, they're all right. filled out. We already got their stories, I right? Agree with you a whole and lot. so I I uh, I so it'd be interesting. I, I'm I'm intrigued to see where they're going to go. Uh, I hope Disney keeps it separate. I, I really do. I hope they don't make me buy another streaming package for yeah. I've got I've got more than I need now, uh, more I, than I use. Everybody <laughs> seems to add to that. It's like, oh, I have, Hulu, I have Netflix, I got Amazon. Yeah. Uh, exactly. And, and you, you look at it, it's like, oh, 11 bucks a month, 12 bucks a month. And I was like, hold on, I'm spending like 30. I was like, why do I have cable? <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. If it wasn't for sports. Yeah. So, or news or whatever is exactly your, your take on it or you know it's like now the AMC's got their own uh, app and everything. Well, Mark, do you want to tell everyone what's next up for us? Oh. Whenever that happens, <laughs> we will be venturing into the Defenders season one. So we will continue to do two episodes a week when we get to that. So uh, that'll be more fun because uh, more characters <laughs> exactly uh you can submit your theories and feedback uh, to us uh, to, the best way to do that to interact directly with us is at our facebook page which is www.facebook.com slash panels two pixels and that two is spelled out as to so it's panels two pixels it's find us easily on facebook that way it's got a great art great piece of art to this is panels to pixels with some cool looking uh heroes there and depending on what series we're doing at the time that'll be our cover art um you can also send us an email at panels to pixels one at gmail.com again that's panels to pixels one the two is spelled out t-o the one is the number one at gmail.com 
where can they hear us? <laughs> well, uh, Mark is co-host of the Fear the Walking Dead talk through with Brian Malosh on the Golden Spiral Media. Probably by the time you're hearing this, they're probably going to be doing season, is it nine or eight? Season nine. nine. Season nine of the Walking Dead talk through. So you can hear Mark there. You can hear me on the Golden Spiral Media Star Trek Discovery podcast roundtable that should be out by the time this is out. And I do very, I send various voicemails and feedback into other podcast shows as well. I think I heard you like five times this week. <laughs> I'm prolific, man. I'm out there. I, I, I like to. Apparently, I like to hear the sound of my own voice, and that's that is not that has not been a true thing for me prior to podcasting. I will say that. So, but it's uh, always I like, wonderful to hear you, though. <laughs> I, I like. I you know I I found, and uh, this is just a this is a freebie for anybody who likes to send feedback into. Uh, to podcasts, they like voicemails. I have sent many, many of a comment through Facebook or email to some of these podcasts that doesn't get read, but I send a voicemail and it gets put almost to the top of the line. <laughs> hey guys, if you so, want, just email your, uh, you know, your little voicemail. Everybody's capable of doing that with a phone nowadays. Absolutely, absolutely. So, I hadn't even thought about that. Send us a voicemail at panels to pixels one at gmail.com. Yeah, and we'll play it, and uh, we'll talk about it, definitely. Absolutely. Uh, we, we would definitely love some feedback, the more the merrier. Actually, that's a lot of what happens on the Walking Dead talk-through. We go through a lot of feedback, and then you'll hear us talk about our own thoughts about it as well. So that's what we're looking to aim to go to, and that's what I would like to get more people involved. So thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Mark. And I'm Steve. And this was Panels to Pixels. Good night, everybody. Good night.